Hey y'all, thanks for taking the time to listen to this installment of Go South, Old Man, a somewhat weekly podcast where a northern-born southerner explores some of the lesser-known things in and around the southeastern United States. Now, in the last episode, we talked about a place that makes some of the finest distilled spirits in the southeast. But in this episode, we look at the other side of that coin, in a way. We'll start about 200 years ago and about 50 miles, that's 80 kilometers for my international listeners, west of Marthasville, Georgia. Now, Marthasville would later become the town of Terminus and eventually the city of Atlanta. But that's not important to us right now. Anyway, about all there was out here in this part of West Georgia at that time was a small Cherokee Indian village called Longleaf, named for the longleaf pines that used to be very plentiful here. But in the 1830s, the Cherokees were forcibly removed to Oklahoma, and the area became populated by a few small farming families. It happened that one of these farmers, while plowing his field one day, noticed some shiny rocks, and he thought he hit gold. You see, gold fever had been raging in North Georgia around that time. But it turns out it was only copper. However, there was a lot of it. And soon enough, copper miners from the big copper region up near Duckville, Tennessee, were streaming down into the Longleaf area. Soon, big mining businesses came in. And a mercantile store was opened. Churches were established, and so a regular town popped up. The miners, showing their creative side, decided to name the new town after a male duck, a drake, sort of in honor of their former home back up in Tennessee. So Drake Town, Georgia, became incorporated. Now, the copper mines operated until around 1900 or so, and then they faded out. The residents there turned back to farming. Now they could farm the new upland cotton, which had become widely available after the Civil War, and which would grow very well in this part of the state. And so the town continued to be productive. You see, there was another option for these farmers, too. They also grew corn, and there were plenty of cold, clear streams running through countless hidden valleys in the hills. And so the making of unaged corn whiskey, locally known as moonshine or white lightning, was a common practice. And since the state of Georgia had passed a law in 1907 making the production and sale of alcohol illegal, and there was a small black market for this product. But then, two events happened that would change the town forever. The first was in 1920, and it would seem to have really been of no great consequence. The 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution went into effect, banning the production and sale of alcohol nationwide. Prohibition had arrived. 
But it really didn't seem like a big deal to the people of Draketon. As I said, Georgia had been dry for 15 years already. The next event that happened about the same time had a much more devastating effect. The boll weevil insect began destroying the cotton crops, and farmers started falling into deep debt and deep poverty. Now, many of them did what they could to survive, but these were desperate times, and so they turned to the one option they had. You see, prohibition had created now a massive demand for that one thing that these folks had and knew how to make, moonshine. And the railroad stations in Atlanta, which were only 50 miles away, had trains that could take their whiskey to speakeasies and clubs all over the country. Uh, there was a problem, though. It was illegal. And these were generally good, God-fearing people, not given the break in the law, even if they were starving to death. Well, these contradictions would meet in a violent confrontation in the small town of Drakeville. You see, Prohibition had started during World War I as a way to save grain for the war effort. But afterwards, it had been championed by a network of religious and women's groups under what became known as the Temperance Movement. In Drakeville, the Temperance Movement found its persona in the right Reverend Robert Stewart and his wife Alice. The Stuarts were both active in the temperance movement. In fact, not only did the Reverend preach against the evils of drinking, he would personally lead parties out into the hills at night to destroy moonshine stills. And often, Alice would go along with her hatchet in hand. Now this gained the Reverend a somewhat famous title in the area as the Raiden Reverend. Now, as you can imagine, the moonshiners, who were locally at that time known as rum runners, were obviously not too happy with the Reverend Stewart's words and or actions. And it all came to a head on the night of November 13, 1924. Just after dark, a car full of men pulled up to the Stewart's driveway and they called out for the Reverend to come on out. They said that they had discovered a new still, and they wanted Stuart to lead them on a mission to go destroy it. Well, hesitating and then going, the Reverend, as he approached the car, he just failed to recognize any of the men, and he started to hesitate, thinking this might be a setup. Well, he was right. They suddenly, seeing him start to hesitate, grabbed him and tried to push him into the car. Alice, always a woman of action, had seen what was going on, and she came out of the house with a gun. She yelled for them to stop, and then fired a shot at the kidnappers. Well, guns blazed back at her out of the car, as the Reverend broke free and ran towards her. Alice, however, was hit and fell to the ground. 
She was then hit with a second bullet in the back as she lay bleeding in the driveway. The Reverend reached her, took the gun from her hand, spun around and returned fire. His aim must have been better because he hit the car door with several shots. The would-be assailants had had enough and the car sped off into the night. The town doctor who lived across the street drove Alice in his car all the way to the brand new Wesley Memorial Hospital at Emory University in Atlanta, one of the best and newest hospitals in the country at that time. She was there able to give an account and description of the car and the men, but finally died two days later. A plaque was hung in the hospital in her memory. Now, I wasn't able to find out if that plaque is still there somewhere. Maybe one of you listeners can figure that out. But a national civic group of that time, made up of many southern businessmen and politicians, called the Ku Klux Klan, erected a beautiful monument of white Georgia marble on the very spot where she was gunned down and thousands attended the unveiling. Ten men were arrested for the murder, but only five stood trial. They were all found not guilty by a jury of their peers. So, the murder of Alice Stewart still remains officially unsolved almost a hundred years later. Reverend Stewart moved away he moved about a hundred miles away, and he would never return to Drakeville. Prohibition in the United States was repealed in 1933, and two years later in the state of Georgia. Today, Georgia's liquor laws are about the same as every other state, so moonshiners and rum runners have long since disappeared. The Ku Klux Klan founded in the aftermath of the Civil War, descended even further into hatred, racism, and violence, losing members and respect. Thankfully, it barely exists today, if at all. A new highway was eventually put in about a quarter mile or so north of the town, but it was the final nail in the coffin. Today, traveling through the area around now unincorporated Drake Town, it's not hard to picture what life was like back in 1924. It's still a pretty poor community. The copper mines are long forgotten. The cotton fields are now either horse pastures or pine forests. And yet, small churches are still numerous. Few of the original buildings from 1924 still exist. The mercantile store is there and the doctor's house. The nicest house is probably the Reverend and Alice Stort's old parsonage. It's the one with the big, bright white marble monument out front by the driveway. So, if you find yourself driving out Buchanan Highway in West Georgia... Take a few minutes to stop by and see if you can find a monument to Alice Stort, the nation's first temperance martyr. Well, until next time, thanks for listening and stay curious.